0: Today's episode is about the Preacher's Voice. I'm talking about the chapter in Charles Spurgeon's book lectures to my students, titled, On the Voice, wherein Spurgeon gives us three tips on how to use the voice properly and his seven tips on taking care of your voice. Number one, when it comes to preaching, don't use an affected voice. And by that, Spurgeon means that we should not use a fake voice or a put on act when we get in the pulpit. Spurgeon said that scarcely one man in a dozen in the pulpit talks like a man. By this, Spurgeon did not mean that Too many preachers use an effeminate voice, although that is an increasing problem these days. But when Spurgeon said that scarcely one man in a dozen speaks like a man in the pulpit, he means that there are so many preachers who, when they get in the pulpit, they don't speak as a normal man. They use a different kind of a language, a different kind of a voice. They don't speak the same way as they would to other people. There is no conversational tone in the pulpit, but it's all this weird pulpit voice. It's affected and put on. And this problem persists still today, although I think that different styles of affectation are different from denomination to denomination and perhaps from different parts of the country than other parts of the country. I've noticed that Preachers of a more formalistic denomination tend to speak with a rather pretentious tone, a kind of a tone they don't use when they're speaking to people in conversation normally. As a Baptist, I've noticed that there are more popular affectations in our own Baptist churches, like uh, the preachers who sound like they're angry about everything. The entire sermon is yelling and screaming and shouting. It's one thing to use loud volume, uh, inappropriate parts of the sermon. But when the whole sermon is nothing but screaming and yelling, it, it doesn't sit well with most people. It just sounds weird. Now, obviously, there's nothing wrong with hard preaching. There's nothing wrong with passionate preaching. In fact, preaching ought to be passionate. But we make a mistake when we confuse continued volume and loudness with passion. They're not the same thing spurgeon is not arguing against raising your voice after all this man preached every week to a crowd of many thousands without the help of voice amplification he had no microphone he's not talking about uh, the need to keep our sermons to a whisper or to an indoor polite conversational volume He means that we should use our natural voices. And our natural voices can be loud. Our natural voices can be soft. Our natural voices uh, can be expressing different kinds of emotions, and they should. Our sermons ought to run the full gamut of uh, emotions while we're preaching, uh, depending on the sermon. A lot of preachers have strained their own larynx by using over and over, year after year, an affected voice, an unnatural voice in the pulpit. And you can hear them when they preach today. Their sound is very gravelly and muffled, and yet you can tell by looking on their face that they're trying to be as loud as they possibly can. The problem there is they have strained their larynx and they don't uh, know how to quit. It's become a habit to them. Spurgeon affectionately calls the pulpit language the Jerusalem dialect. And here's what he says. The Jerusalem dialect has one distinguishing mark, that it is a man's own mode of speech, and it is the same out of the pulpit as it is in it. So when we plead with sinners, we should plead as if we're pleading with someone in our natural voice. When we praise God, we should praise God as one who is praising God with our natural voice. We should glory and exult and mourn and testify in our natural voice, and not in a fake, pretend, put-on, pulpit dialect. Number two, when you preach, speak and use your voice so as to be heard. The goal here is not sheer volume, but for the folks to understand what we're saying. Spurgeon said, What is the use of a preacher whom men cannot hear? Distinct utterance is far more important than wind power. Some men can fill a room with their voice, but nobody in the room understands what they're saying because as loud as they are, they jumble their words together and they're more interested in being uh, loud than they are in being distinct. So we need to find that balance between loudness and distinctness. And uh, if that means that we need to slow down in our speech and maybe go a little bit quieter, then that's what we should do. The most important thing about preaching, uh, when it comes to our voice, is that people can understand what we're saying. Spurgeon said, It is an infliction not to be endured twice, to hear a brother who mistakes perspiration for inspiration, tear along like a wild horse with a hornet in its ear till he has no more wind, and must needs pause to pump his lungs full again. Have you ever heard or seen a preacher who got to ripping and snorting in the pulpit and you were afraid he was going to have a heart attack? Yeah, don't be that guy. Slow down, catch your breath, and uh, make sure that your style of preaching, the usage of your voice, creates an interest in what you're saying and not whether or not you're going to survive the next 30 minutes. Number three, do not exert your voice to the utmost in ordinary preaching. That is, save a little, pull it back a little bit so that you don't strain yourself too hard because if you're a regular weekly preacher, you're going to be needing to do this again in the next few hours, and the next few days. Spurgeon said, it is all very well to cry aloud and spare not, but do thyself no harm is apostolic advice. Be a little economical with that enormous volume of sound. Do not give your hearers headaches when you mean to give them heartaches. You aim to keep them from sleeping in their pews, but remember that it is not needful to burst their eardrums. (laughs) Here are a few suggestions uh, for maintaining your voice and keeping it strong that Charles Spurgeon shares in this chapter on the voice. Number one, and this may sound counterintuitive to many, but he says, preach as often as you can because it toughens the voice and makes it more resilient. Obviously, not everyone is going to preach more than once a week. Some men listening to this video may only preach on rare occasion. But the lesson for us is this. If you're losing your voice after one sermon, then your voice box is weak and it needs to be strengthened. Perhaps you just need more practice to strengthen it and to toughen it up. Spurgeon believed so strongly in the need to practice proper crying aloud that he suggests that men training for speaking professions to peddle wares in the streets for a little time. Young ministers might go into partnerships with newsboys a while, till they got their mouths open and their larynx nerved and toughened. So, strengthen your voice box by using it more and practicing. Maybe even uh, go street preaching to train your voice box to be able to not only fill a room, but fill the streets with gospel proclamation. Number two, the second tip about taking care of your voice is improve your voice by exercising. Now, I understand uh, Spurgeon may not have been the epitome of male athleticism, but the man could fill a few thousand seats with his voice. So he knows what he's talking about. Spurgeon said this, Gentlemen with narrow chests are advised to use the dumbbells every morning. You need broad chests and must do your best to get them. So Spurgeon's advice is still relevant today. If you want a strong preaching voice then you need to have an element of cardiovascular fitness. So go to the gym or go walking or jogging or something. But being a couch potato will harm you in your ability to preach the third tip that spurgeon gives us for caring for our voices when we're speaking get your hands out of your pockets Uh, i I notice a lot of men when they preach uh, tend to stand with their hands in their pockets and they kind of scrunch their shoulders up a little bit and they make these kind of gestures out in front of them and all of that constricts the the chest and tightens up the voice box and it inhibits you from speaking freely so get your hands out of your pockets when you preach and the fourth tip that spurgeon gives us is when we're speaking and preaching to lift up the head he says do not lean over a desk while speaking and never hold the head down on the breast while preaching a lot of men have the bad habit and i find myself doing it from time to time also where we're looking down at the pulpit and sometimes we need to to look at our notes, but don't spend a great deal of time preaching in that position. And I know, I, I believe, that sometimes microphones make us uh, develop bad habits in the pulpit. Uh, and one of these bad habits is constantly looking down and hunkered over the pulpit or the desk or the lectern or whatever it is, instead of lifting our heads up to preach. So keep your heads up. Uh, the fifth tip that Spurgeon gives us is do not wear constrictive clothing. He says, Off with all tight cravats and button up waistcoats. Leave room for full play of the bellows and the pipes. Now, Spurgeon wore waistcoats or vests, and he wore cravats or neckties, cravats, cravats. He wore neckties. Uh, but his point is that he did not wear them tightly. And I preach uh, in a suit, and a necktie, but I never button the top button because I always want to keep the necktie loose enough so that I don't feel it constricting my voice box. I mean, not everyone likes to wear ties, and obviously you don't have to wear a tie when you preach. I prefer to, but when you do, keep it loose, not sloppy, but loose. The sixth tip Spurgeon gives us for taking care of our voices is that you should grow your beard. Spurgeon suggested instead of wearing scarves uh, and, and putting something around our necks that's tight to keep us warm, that we should protect our voice and our necks by growing our beards out. He said, Grow your beards, a habit most natural, scriptural, manly, and beneficial. Have you seen Uh, these quotes by Spurgeon about beards on social media. I think there's even a number of t-shirts that have uh, Spurgeon talking about the need to grow beards. Some of those quotes came from this chapter on the voice. He believed that growing a beard helped to protect, protect the voice box from the elements and he wanted the men who were able to do it to do it. And so you should do it if you can. The seventh tip for taking care of your voice is to use one of Spurgeon's home remedies. When you feel your voice is getting hoarse, or it's getting rough, uh, perhaps you're struggling with a cold, one of Spurgeon's favorite remedies was to take chili and vinegar and water and use those to uh, soothe or to clear his throat. He believed that astringent substances were better for the throat than emollient compounds. I'm not sure if modern medicine would agree with Spurgeon's assessment and Spurgeon's home remedies, but Spurgeon had practical proof for what he did. Few men these days can say that they can preach to a crowd of 5, 6, 10,000 people without the aid of a microphone and not lose their voice. Spurgeon could, so perhaps he knew what he was talking about when he was talking about taking care of the voice. Now, if you're struggling with your voice, and you feel it isn't strong, and it's likely to fail when you're preaching, don't get discouraged. Don't give up. We all can improve in how we sound. We all can improve in our clarity of speech and in our eloquence. We all can improve in every facet of preaching. So so don't give up if you feel like your voice is weak. Listen to these encouraging words from Spurgeon. He said, My belief is that half the difficulties connected with the voice in our early days will vanish as we advance in years. I would encourage the truly earnest to persevere. If they feel the word of the Lord like fire in their bones, even stammering may be overcome and fear with all its paralyzing results may be banished. Take heart, young brother, persevere, and God and nature and practice will help you. And to that I say, Amen.